North-South Connection, welcome back to Cronoso. Cronoso is our regularly scheduled look at two of the most underserved eras in the world of professional wrestling. Last time here on Cronoso, our team took a look at the gathering that was Starcade 85 and the rematch between the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and Nature Boy Ric Flair. Over here on the PG era, as we are a few weeks removed from WrestleMania 24, it is tradition for WWE to take a quick European tour. So for this episode, Raw, ECW, and SmackDown are over in jolly old England. Listen as Mike Eller and Ryan Gray break down the happenings of Raw, Johnny C and Ryan Gray breaking down the happenings of ECW, and Marcus Fuller and myself breaking down the happenings of SmackDown. Mike Eller, and I, as always, am here with Ryan Gray. Ryan, how's it going today? Mike, I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I mean, especially after this show, I'm really doing great. Um, it was a freaking amazing, you know, definitely a huge bounce back and can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, and yeah, wanted to go over our thoughts on this, but why don't we uh, start with the ratings for this show? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just watched this episode, so I'm in a rather good mood after wa- just watching last week's, and that put me in a bad mood before we recorded. So, uh, yeah, I think that's an, a, a decent experiment we just had. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the rating this week did a 3.2, uh, down from a 3.3 the week before, and then down from a 3.9 for the Flair retirement episode of Raw. So uh, trending down a little bit. This is also a recorded episode from uh london england so i don't know if that hurt the rating but i think i remember my smart ass remembering that if it's recorded it kind of does hurt the rating but uh you never know uh so speaking of london england mike what do you have what do you have for that arena so we are at the o2 arena in london england um it opened in a pretty new arena so when we're doing this so um we we Opened on June 24th, 2007, and this is actually the first WWE show in this building. Um, you know, last week we talked about the Times Union Center, formerly the Knickerbocker Arena, which obviously had a lot of amazing shows. Not so much here, uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, outside of this show being really, really good. But mostly they, they come at, to the O2 Arena just to do, you know, your post, you know, you, you have Raw April 2008. Raw April 2009, Raw April 2010, uh, on and on and on and on. And, you know, up until 2019, when, you know, obviously they couldn't go in 2020. So they've, you know, that's been their, that's kind of like been their home away from home when they, when they go to England. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the first of a dozen consecutive years they go, unfortunately, again, we can't really talk about too many incredible, exciting events that happen, but yeah, so with uh, us being, go ahead. No, I'm just saying pretty cool. It's the first one in a historical arena since then, really. Um, 
it's just pretty cool that they have a pattern of, you know, once they go overseas, it's always in April right after WrestleMania. It's always right before the Survivor Series in November. And they just kind of have their patterns, they have their roadmap, and they just hit it running. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I guess to kind of go back to your rating, to only go from a 3-3 to a, you know, to only drop down from a 3-2 to a 3-3 for a show that, you know, even 2008, people can find out about it beforehand. Um, And they can find out spoilers. So I think that's pretty good. And I think it's a pretty good sign of like what they've been doing lately. Um, You know, even though last week sucked, but I think, you know, there's stories that they're telling, which are pretty good and they're getting somewhere. So, you know, we're on the right path. It's just a little maybe concerning that the three, three was against the NCAA tournament. And then this, it dropped with really, I don't think anything really against it of significance. That's a good point. That's a good point. They don't have the biggest college basketball game of the year no it should be interesting to see how uh that tracks and i uh i'm gonna assume that we will get a rise when after backlash and then maybe kind of stay steady till then yeah and we've gotten a lot of uh you know we've had a lot of promotion for backlash into this show like you definitely got a lot more compared to last week so um we're on we're on the right track for it you know i don't ever say backlash is better than WrestleMania, although in some years it is, but, you know, from when it existed from 2000, 2009, it's usually a pretty good show. Yeah, it's going to be hard to uh, top this WrestleMania, but uh, hey, we'll see. It's usually a pretty good show. Very work rate heavy, which was kind of the theme of tonight after we predicted that last week being in England and all. Mm -hmm. So what did you think worked from this week? You know, I have two matches, actually, kind of three that you know surpassed my expectations uh we had two title matches we had a number one contender match for the tag team titles so it was a pretty uh you know noteworthy episode of monday night raw on top of you know advancing the hbk chris jericho and batista angle and then kind of just adding a little flavor to the triple or the uh the fatal four-way wwe title match at backlash so it was definitely an episode that moved a lot of things forward. So really, in, 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 with all that going on, not really much negative to go off of, a, except for a few, you know, blah matches that were designed to be blah matches, which is always fine. And I, and honestly, I don't mind blah matches, especially after a show of pretty good matches. Just, you know, the WWE formula. You want to bring it down to, to bring it back up, kind of what they do. I 100% agree. It you know, just kind of going back to London, like they, they were going to put on a good show and they had high expectations because the 2007 show had um, Michaels and Cena in that 60 minute match that went, you know, I, I think or, because of word being an idiot um, or whatnot, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they did a good job. And I wanted to go, I guess, just start about, you, you talked about that tag match, uh, you know, number one contender Santino and Carlito versus London Kendrick with, Santino and Carlito winning. Um, I, you know, I, I know we've been bashing the tag team match, the tag team division a couple, a lot, but I, I kind of liked where they went with this and it kind of, at least it's getting in some direction. Um, I, I, you know, London Kendrick, I still think are kind of underutilized. I thought they were going to win this and, but I kind of like, you know, giving Santino and Carlito a, something to work with too. Um, Carlito's really just been spinning his wheels. I mean, really, he had that flair feud in 07, but really for like the last year and a half or since he turned heel again, it's been not not the greatest. 
And then Santino, you know, he's, he had the IC title. Um, he he's he's definitely got a good character and he's definitely hilarious. But I like that they're doing something with those guys and at least kind of moving forward with something. Yeah, it's they actually. I forget that they were a tag team, and then after watching them the last three weeks, they work well. Pretty, they work well together. And uh, I have in my notes here, halfway through the match, I said maybe it was Caden Murdoch and Cody and Holly was the problem, not these two, because they kind of, you know, they had crisp action. Leonard and Kedrick, they're studs, so they're gonna work well with kind of most of these tag teams. But this is probably the best spot I've seen them in the last three weeks, and. Um, it was pretty good action. It was crisp, and it ended suddenly with a backcracker or a code breaker. What does he call it? The backcracker? Yeah. And for the one, two, three, and I was like, oh, so there we go. One, two, three, and those are our number one contenders. And then uh, afterwards, Santino or Carlito cuts that 20-second promo in Spanish, and it was <laughs> delivered well, and I have no clue what he said. But uh, <laughs> Santino says three things are needed for a tag team, strength, agility, and international superstars. <laughs> and then that, that's the formula to make wieners. And then Carlito pipes in and says, you mean winners? And Santino says, yeah. And then they moved on. <laughs> so it's good. And I agree. I think that, you know, if there, there's hope for the tag team and, you know, we'll, we'll get to maybe what didn't work later on or maybe next week. But, um, you know, outside of a tag match, I guess that Jericho and, Umaga match is something I, I, I just thought was awesome. Um, it won 15, and yeah, I'll throw this out to you in a minute, but um, I thought they worked really hard. I thought that they, you know, Umaga's offense is just really cool, and I kind of forgot how good he was. I mean, I know I know about the Cena match. I know, but like from the last man standing from the Rumble, but I just under, like, how fast he is for his size. Yes. And, yeah, it was... Go, Jericho was a very good opponent, which you wouldn't really expect. You know, Umaga's just like that baseline heel, you know, bigger, thicker than everybody, that monster. And then Jericho kind of went back to his roots, you know, striking, diving, weaving, bouncing off him. So Jericho was kind of like 97 Jericho here in a way. So it was pretty cool. Besides Jericho's, you know, piss poor right hands, <laughs> which which Homie needs to throw a little hip into next time. But other than that, it was a pretty good match. And like you said, it was... I went three and a half stars, which is very good for me. And I was actually very surprised. And Jericho wins with a, you know, Jericho's a baby face all match pretty much here. And then he wins with a rope, um, a off the top ropes, post, and then uh, foot, foot of the ropes and gets that leverage pin. So kind of dig into, into his heel roots that he's been establishing the last, you know, month or so or whatever. Do you know, he, 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 he does such a good job at it. Like, you know, I noticed when he came out for his entrance, he wasn't frowning. He wasn't pissed off, but he wasn't like, you know, when he came back since November, he's been, you know, he, he had that big smile, like at WrestleMania and everything, the last couple of Raws, he doesn't have it here. He's, he's kind of just kind of got a cool, calm, collective walkout. And, um, he, that's what I love about it. He just like, he does those little things. Like, I don't think many guys can do that or, and can't do it. And he's still doing it in 2021. He looks extremely comfortable here. He does. Um, and I, I I thought it was great. I I mean, I'm happy where he's at. I'm really happy where he's going to be in terms of refing Batista and um, Shawn Michaels. But 
I mean, this could have been a pay-per-view match. Like, I want three and a quarter. You want three and a half. I, this yeah. could have been, you know, not a main event of a pay-per-view, but it could have been, you know, third match on the card. Yeah, when you said, set, would you say, 17 minutes for this match? I was uh, like, 15. wow. But still, even, I was like, wow, I didn't think it was that long. It didn't seem that long, and that's always a sign of a pretty good match. Yeah. It, it, but, uh, it, which led to this match was uh, Regal was backstage warming up for his big match with uh, Randy Orton, which we'll go over next, I assume. And uh, Jericho comes up to him and says he wants to get in the middle of that Batista and Shawn Michaels match after Shawn Michaels sweet changed them early in the night, which we'll also get to later on. And uh, Regal says, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's put you uh, right in the middle of that uh, backlash match between Batista and Shawn Michaels. You could be the special guest referee. And then Jericho was like, well, I wanted to wrestle. And he's like, right, you can wrestle Umaga tonight. <laughs> Regal was awesome this whole Regal show. Regal is so good tonight. I can't wait to get to, get to him. You want to, wait, you want to get to him now? Yeah, let's, I don't want to wait for him anymore. Let's just, yeah. let's just get to him. Total babyface. Total England's favorite son. The whole show. You know, at the beginning when he's uh, talking to JBL and just insulting him. Uh, um <laughs> right to the match where he just is wrestling like a not I don't know he just not he he wrestled like William Regal or Steven Regal but um just you know selling a lot for Orton uh, I, I I don't know would you want to did you want to touch on that match yeah Mike I loved it I loved how Orton and Regal had that you know Regal style match that hybrid mat submission brawling base style of William Regal and just, it was just really cool to see Orton in the mix of that really um, and Orton was bumping around, flying around for him, and Regal was just so sudden and attacking, and it was just really fun to see. How long, Mike? Do you have a timestamp on this one? Yeah. So this one went 5:45. Wow, that's it, and it's it seemed longer, but it was for five minutes and 45 seconds to go. I have it at three stars, and you know it was. It was just super fun, and the RKO out of nowhere was just a perfect way to really set up Regal. Because next week, we have a three-hour episode of Monday Night Raw, which sounds like a slog, and that sounds like a terrible idea. Who would ever do that? Who would do that for ten, nine and a half, ten years? Who would ever do that? <laughs> but, uh, you know, spoiler, next week we get a three-hour Raw where uh, we get a King of the Ring, and, the, you know, this is the King of the Ring that we regal wins so it was very cool in hindsight to see how they set regal up for this against with the you know with a very competitive fun match against orton the um he had that really nasty suplex regal hit on orton where orton oh, landed on his head yes. and yes. i mean we haven't really seen this from william regal i mean he's been tagging and he had he didn't really i mean he pretty he's pretty much been tagging for almost his entire WWE career since he came back in 2000 outside of like his you know, run in 2000, 2001. So it was a cool throwback. And just the fact that they didn't, I know you WWE has people losing their hometown. And I think sometimes too much, but I, I don't think you have Randy Orton lose, you know, the world champion lose to William Regal here. I don't think it, that warranted it. Um, no, going against, uh, going against Orton in your hometown for six minutes, really shined him up for the King of the ring next week, which really, he had, like you said, he hasn't been doing much to get ready for that. So that's really all it took. King of, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we didn't hear about it at all the week before. Um, yeah. It was and, just a graphic. <laughs> yeah, you'd see it in, like, on the back, like, on the entrance, really. I was like, that where I noticed it. And then they had the graphic, and 
That was it, but I'm kind of excited. I don't know. They didn't do a good job of promoting it, but it left me watching this and recapping this kind of excited. Yeah, I just, you know, Regal gets the the steroid scandal or whatever, and uh, I'm just, I forget, but I'm also curious of how long of a run he gets until he gets popped for the steroids. I, or the I'm, drugs I'm curious or about whatever. that, too. Yeah, because it's I, unfortunate. He's start, you know, he's really had a start of a nice groove going on starting tonight. Yeah, and he's only 40. He's only like 40 years old here. I know he kind of looks older from, you know, the hard living and whatnot, but... Um, only 40, of, huh? Interesting. Yeah, maybe not even. I think he was born in 68. Um, yeah, so he just turned May 10th, 68. So he's not even, he's 39 here. Wow, I would have guessed that. I would have guessed yeah. 45. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool, though. No, good for him, good for him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the last match that worked for me tonight was that... Uh, for the for its time, excellent women's championship match between Beth Phoenix and Mickey James. Like, what did you think of that match? I loved it. Um, I did two and a half. Um, I know it's not that high, but I mean, when we've been watching these, we've been at for a lot of the women's matches, we've been at like you know half star, one star. Yeah, do you have a timestamp on this too? Because this was really good. I went two and a half also. And if they went, I don't want to say if they went longer, but it was building up fairly well. Um, you know. Fe- it was kind of a dead giveaway that when, you know, Beth Phoenix is walking to the ring, the King goes, she's, or J, excuse me, JR goes, she's been the women's champion since October 7th, 2007. So you're like, hmm, all right, that's, all right. what's going on here? We got another <laughs> formula. And then, uh, you know, in the next breath, JR, uh, the King's like, and no one can beat her. Can anyone ever beat Beth Phoenix? I'm like, all right, they're doubling down on that. And then they triple down in it with Beth absolutely controlling 90% of this match with Mickey getting in hope spots, Mickey getting in some a few, you know, transition spots where she gets some quick pins and then Beth takes over right away and she's back on the charge. So I'm like, all right. I've been watching the WWE all my life. I don't I didn't know if there was a title change here, but I could def all the tea leaves were definitely there and uh it was super fun, really. I it's the two they're the two biggest stars in this division. Um, I, I mean, sure. yeah, I mean, you could have Molina in there, but I don't think she's as good as either of these two. Um, the victory rule is kind of cool. I know they copied that a couple years later, I believe, with Kelly Kelly and Beth. Um, it, oh, God bless you for remembering that. <laughs> it was, um, I don't know, Beth's offense is just so unique and so cool where, again, I – I said this before, but like she gets like I've seen it said both ways where like, oh, she was, you know, she was only good because she was, you know, just look good compared to everybody else or she was before her time. And I would kind of go with before her time and with Mickey, because I think they would really stand out even in 2021 women's wrestling. Um, They worked fast. They their offense looked good. Um, You know, the Mickey selling was really good. I, I do say I think this could have gone maybe eight minutes and. Um, give them a little bit more time, especially with the title change. If I had to throw, speak of anything negatively, but overall, really great match. Yeah, maybe like not it. great. Good. Let's go with really good match. <laughs> yeah, two and a half is decent. Yeah, you know what I mean, or is. fair. Two and a half is fair to me, and it it was pretty fair. It's a it's a very solid match, especially for TV. Yeah. Yeah, especially for TV. But um, 
how about that kiss that uh, Mickey James gives Todd Grisham at the at the end of the segment where he comes on the ramp to celebrate with her? He, she just locks it on him. I was like, she oh. did. Todd, he may have legit like not. He may have not been selling like. <laughs> he may have fallen down for real. Brother might have kind of. Brother... <laughs> I don't know about that one, but yeah, good stuff there for him. But um, you know, we've gone over that. That's three matches that really, really worked for this. You know, tonight and then. You know, what didn't work is just really kind of just squash matches or, you know, matches on paper that didn't work. And that's not really their fault. It's just the structure that was given. And that's, uh, you know, right before Triple H comes out to face uh, JBL in the in the main event, you know, you get your heat segment with, you know, <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan coming out with the American flag. It wasn't a heat segment. I'm not sure. But it was kind of more of a, a no reaction where he goes and faces uh, – Paul Burchill. <laughs> um, so Paul is flanked by Katie Lee Burchill. Are they a thing yet or no? I I think they're past that. Are they past that? Okay. Well, I'm glad that they could uh, move on with their life after being what confused. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I think they. I think they. I mean. I I want to say that I hope they are because I hope we don't see any of it because it's you know awful but. Um, oh, shit, pal. <laughs> um, what I want to say, Duggan, I laughed when he came out because they didn't say like, "Get now, WWE legend or Hall of Famer Jim Duggan." He just came out like he was just one of the, you know, he was just part well, of the active. Oh roster. no, he's a he's a part of the roster now. He's been on the roster since like late 2006. And he's he he's just, a house show act or a Sunday Night Heat guy. And he's just there, and I just laughed. And I didn't. I forgot that he was on the roster, and I just laughed. I'm like, oh, he's. This is not. This is just not out of the ordinary at all. <laughs> um, and the other Paul, match was uh, JTG versus Trevor Murdoch, your NWA champion right now, and it was just, you know, paint by night, one star, whatever. You know, they're still building to the Cade and Murdoch breakup. And, you know, Cade kind of just pats him on the back. And I thought it was coming. I was hoping it was coming. And we're still waiting. And obviously, Cade lines up with uh, Jericho later in, you know, later on in the summer. He, um, Cade was giving him, like, a pat on the back. And it's all right. And you're going to yeah, be it's all right. right pal. Good try. You know, I, condescending stuff. Yeah. Like, I felt bad for Murdoch. You just, you know. And they're probably going for that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it did its job. I'm just looking at the guy. I'm like, there's, you're not going anywhere. Like you're not what they're looking for. Like Kate obviously is. And he looks sad. I'm like, you really kind of should be sad because they're probably not going to be wrestling WWE very much longer. Um, yeah, so, come the realization. I don't know. He just looked like a sad, sad guy. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I did not like JBL. Um, JBL main event run 2008. A couple of years past his expiration date of the main eventer. Um, so this is a first time ever singles match. JBL versus Triple H. Real quick, I'm, when you take when you write Triple H in your notes, do you write H H H or do you write T R I P L E H? I, I do. Go. I do a couple. I do. I go back and forth, but let's see what I did on this note. Um, <laughs> H H H. I go back and forth in the in the heat of the moment. I'll go H H H, but if I'm like writing it out, I'll write Triple H. If I'm not in a rush, so I was just more curious than anything. Move on. <laughs> I've got H H H. 
so he um and that's I'm kind of surprised he never wrestled like even if like you know a random raw match of you know when J you know when he was in yeah ACA. I wrote down Triple H comes in the WWF around WrestleMania 11 JBL comes in around WrestleMania 12 so it's at this time what that's that's 12 and 13 years into their WWE career yeah and they never had a single match together right you know, or even weird. you know Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Justin, Justin Hawk Brad. <laughs> I guess they were both mid card heels at the time, so true, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not working. I mean, Triple H is okay. I mean, I, I like, I, I really like 2008 Babyface Triple H. I think this is like outside of 2000, maybe my favorite run of his. Um, but I know yeah, we talked about. Oh, I went, ahead. I went a star and a half. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. It was just short. The the, the deep, as soon as they spilled to the outside, I'm like, oh, here comes Orton or and Cena. Actually, no Cena tonight, which was kind of surprising. Uh, I was like, all right, here comes Orton because they're, you know, it's a dead giveaway. But you know, JBL could still throw a hell of a right hand. Jericho should probably take a note or two. <laughs> but um, he could throw plenty of right hands because he did it the whole. That's time. all. That's all they did. Really, was just just go in the middle of the ring for fucking four minutes and just throw haymakers at each other. But I thought the action was all right. But I thought it was also funny that it started during a commercial break, and as soon as we got back from the break, they were exchanging headlocks from the mat. And I was like, oh, typical. I, I would not want to see these guys go 30 minutes because the first 15 to 18 would just be an s- absolute slog. They might get to two stars. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think you're maybe a little bit more harsh on it than me. I just, with JBL, he's treading down, down, down. And then it's bringing Triple H down in my eyes, and – I don't know. Triple, like you said, he has a pretty good 2008 run. So this, we'll you know, they did the four way the year before with Edge, Orton, Michaels, and Cena, and they're doing it again, but they don't have the right four guys in it, and it's not. Yeah, you're missing Edge and HBK. <laughs> yeah, the heats just suck dry from this, and it's. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not really looking forward to seeing it. Um. I I just it's it's not. I'd rather see. Tr- Triple H and Orton, just one-on-one. Yeah, well, you're out of luck, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of went over matches that worked, matches that didn't work. Because, like I said last week, you know, this is a – we predicted it to be a very wrestling-heavy show being in the U.K. and, you know, being taped and all that stuff. It's probably easiest to do, you know, in-ring stuff. And the work weight delivered. Um, you know, everything – was that was designed to be good was good everything that was designed to be f- blah was kind of blah but it was pr- a pretty 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 good episode of Monday Night Raw which we really haven't talked about the best segment yet you want to you want to finish with that Mike yeah so start the very I guess it's kind of the second you know outside the intro with Regal first segment of the show uh Shawn Michaels comes out I write Shawn Michaels HBK on my notes by the way me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, HBK wants closure with Flair. Um, thinks what's really, you know, really bothering. You know, Jericho comes out um, after Ric Flair's music hits. So it was almost Which like was a nice twist. Nice twist to the, you know, to the heel turn. Nice little push to the heel turn. Big pop when Flair's music hit. I was like, oh, we're gonna get Flair on this year, this UK tour for a goodbye. And it was 30 seconds of nothing. And I'm like, oh, what is this? And then, <laughs> boom, Jericho slowly walks out with that, like like you said earlier, that little shit-eating grin on his face. 
And he was just awesome here. Like, this is the start of peak Jericho in his career. It really is. It's, I mean, it's one of the start of the one of the great feuds in company um, history, at least in maybe I think of all time. Um, it, you know, he called Jericho. I loved it. He's like, you're a phony. And then he's like, and he kind of paused. He's like, that's what Batista thinks. You're yes. phony. <laughs> like he's going in with it, but he's not going all the way in it. And then he at the and then he pulls back. But then at the end, you know, he goes one more thing, to, you know, one little more thing to stir it up. And then he goes, uh, you know, you don't love, you don't, you didn't love retiring H, uh, Ric Flair, but HBK loved retiring Ric Flair, and you love HBK. And then HBK just had enough and gives him a super kick. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Delivered. I thought they would. I, I might have butchered the line a little bit, but it was beautifully delivered, and it was like the 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 a flawless super kick. Jericho sold it like a fucking champ. And he was even selling it in the Umaga match, which I thought I thought he was going to drop the belt to Umaga. But I um, did too. I just thought, you know, he didn't seem to really care about this belt at all. So why not just give it to Umaga? I thought for sure it was changing. Yeah, but uh, this is again building off last week, and then they had that that uh, segment on SmackDown, which built it with Batista, and then it's going to transition into Jericho. This is just like super super stuff. This is awesome. Yeah. It is. The only thing that wasn't awesome about Jericho was his uh, a little bit of a quick fashion corner was uh, his chain. It looked kind of like a I, it was like a dog collar almost. I'm, I'm not sure what he was going with, but it was really bad looking. And uh, Jericho keeps loot winning these you know worst fashion award. But, you know, the power to all the power to him. He keeps getting people like him. People love him. And he's always been a fa- fan favorite. So um it works so whatever you're doing chris keep going at it and then you, you still wear crazy things today yeah like jericho is a guy that i think is it's just he, i think he's great but i think he's a bit overrated so i'm really going to be interested in this rewatch if i kind of alter that opinion a little bit and um so far he's trending up for me this is fantastic stuff hbk is carrying his weight and so isn't big dave this is really cool stuff it is it is so all um, three of these guys stock up for me. JBL stock heading down. Triple H, <laughs> you're starting a flatline. Triple H, let's see it, buddy. And jo- he, do you know why Cena wasn't here this week? Um, I don't know. Was he filming like a movie, like Twelve Rounds or whatever? Was he okay? That came that came out. I'm not gonna act like I know. 2009. Um, but he, you remember he grew out his hair, and in that movie he's got a little bit longer hair. Yeah, so. didn't he have weird hair at WrestleMania. Yeah, he did. He didn't have, like, the crew cut. Like, he didn't have it, you know, short on the sides. Yeah, like a little fro going on. Yeah. So, um, and in the movie, he had that. So, I think that he was filming, and maybe... Which makes sense, which lines up. It's a 2009 release, you know, you you film in advance. So, yeah, that that lines up, Mike. Good call. That's why you're here. (laughs) I appreciate it. I don't have anything else on this show. Nothing else going on. You did your fashion corner. All right, let's go set it to the ECW guys. Hmm, I wonder who's going to be with Johnny C. North South Connection Podcast Network. It is time to talk about the uh, April 15th, 2008 episode of ECW. It may be the most meta thing that you guys are going to see or hear all week because not only is ECW 
in a time of change right now with a new host. But this time, I've got a special guest host. Uh, you might as well just call this segment ECW Must Die because it's Ryan Gray. Johnny C., what is going on? Uh, unfortunately, these guys are going to listen to ECW and just listen to me on Raw. So either that's a plus or a negative. That's on you, man. Um, I think it's a plus because I need your energy and uh, because I, this is a – wow, this was a challenging episode of ECW or was it? I don't know. It was – It was an easy watch. I'd say it was an easy watch. But real quick is uh, where, where Joey Styles leads the commentary desk in, you know, hands the keys to Mike Adamley because he's going to go work for a .com. It is uh, Logan handing the keys to me or am I handing the keys to Logan? Who's Mike Adamley here, me or Logan? Well, I did get a text from Logan before we started recording that he was going to take over NitroGirls.com. Okay. Oh, nice he's tie, gonna, yes. Yeah, he's going to be running that site. And if you'd like to know how to purchase that, you've got to listen to WCW Must Die. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be doing that for a little while. We'll, we'll probably be back to normal next time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want to thank you for joining me. You had to come all – well, you were already across the pond. Uh, JT wasn't paying another ticket for someone else to come out because we review these on site, you know. Like we're in yeah, London. We're in, the o- we're in the O2 arena right now, so I was already here. I'm going to do a double. Yeah, I saw Madonna earlier. I couldn't understand the word she was saying. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So speaking of – but that, that's my transition, though, because, speak, you know, Madonna has a shitty British accent. People you don't understand, Ryan's floated off the bat. Joey Styles is out. Mike Adamley is in. Prepare for the Adamley era. I cannot fucking wait. I, I do want to put this out there now into the ether that there is nothing funny about concussion-related injuries. And if you feel that you have been injured with a concussion or know someone who has, you know, contact your local medical authority. Now that that's out of the way, I'm going to talk so much shit about Mike Adamley that um, I just, you know, had to had to endorse the, the CTE stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, I played a lot of football growing up. I might have CTE, so you're fine with me. Well, that's the thing is that I think – I know it's like in later years been revealed that like Adamley like has or had – struggles and and i don't want to make light of that but he is a really bad wrestling commentator uh check this out uh the first thing he asked has or he just asked nope he says what happens when you take that man's sunglasses off <laughs> there's so many we could do the whole podcast on his little punch lines or his flubs or whatever i promised um i swore on the graves of thomas and martha wayne that i would not recount every line that he gave but i do have a few gems so uh, we're in this bad boy. Let me just give you the results real quick. We had, a, you know, I think it was like three matches, and then we'll start talking about what we liked and what we didn't like. Uh, in the opener, CM Punk, Jimmy Wang Yang, Shannon Moore, and Kofi Kingston defeated Elijah Burke, Shelton Benjamin, and Deuce and Domino in a non-traditional Survivor Series elimination match. <laughs> uh, we then had a Divas dance-off, which we'll talk about later. Tommy that Dreamer. We will. Tommy Dreamer was going to wrestle Mike Knox, but then Armando Alejandro Estrada uh, got a text that he was a sex offender, and he made him go to the back, and Condelaney took his place and lost in about 30 seconds. And then in our main event, in what was billed as a match of champions, the Brothers of Destruction defeated the Miz and Morrison to become the new WWE Tag. No, 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 I guess they did not become the new WWE Tag Team Champions, but we'll talk about why they didn't. So, Ryan, what did you like, man? Oh, I didn't hate any of this, really. I thought it was an easy, fun watch. Um, Nothing spectacular. You know, nothing in the really good to very good territory, but nothing super bad, which is kind of odd 
considering uh, we're usually talking about WCW 2000. But, you know, this is this easy episode of ECW was rather easy to watch, you know? Well, this Bear, is why I tell wrestling. people... Yeah. yeah, it's why it's why I tell people not to question the fire that burns inside because <laughs> ECW is not an awful show. Like the uh, the number one thing I like on my list is the match of champions concept. Okay, like this is and it's a perfect example of how WWE you know is their marketing is pretty much written by a lawyer. It's like for the first time ever on ECW, <laughs> the Undertaker and Kane team up, and it's like okay, yes, it's the first time they've ever done it on ECW. So you win, you're not lying, but you're kind of misleading your audience. I don't know. Yeah. And then it's just like Miz and Morrison a year into their careers or a year into their tag team or really a year into their push against the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, it actually sounds cooler now in 2021 than it did in 2008. Do you want to hear a funny story about the Miz and me? Sure. Um, Well, this is not really about the Miz and me, but so spoiler alert, we're recording on November 23rd. Yesterday was the 22nd. I got a notification from Facebook that I had a memory and it was like this cute video of my daughter. But then I scrolled down and 10 years ago on this date, do you know what my Facebook status was? Um, two so wo- that'd be what? It was, it was, it was, it was November 22nd, 2010. It was two words. B Miz. I'm a Miz Mark. You are Clearly. a Miz Mark. I don't mind the Miz, you know. I don't mind the Miz at all. He, I, um, I mean, I, I respect everything he's accomplished. I respect how much he's evolved in the business. But this is frat boy Miz, and I don't like frat boy Miz. The chick magnet. This is chick magnet Miz. But um, yes, his rise, song. his rise is pretty good. For sure. I mean, he looks better wearing his belt than Kane does looking his belt. Did you? I don't know if you've watched ECW along with Logan and I, but. What's with the tiny fucking belt on Kane? Like, is he the reason they get the big, like, silver belt? Because he looks like a child with this thing. Yeah, they get that later this year, right? I think so. I, I hope Mark Henry happens soon. Yeah, Mark um, Henry definitely alert. has it. And then Matt Hardy, I think, is the transition between them. Yeah. And since I've already let the cat out of the bag that we're recording a little bit later, how sad is it to watch John Morrison be awesome knowing that he just lost his job? Yeah, it's sad. It's, it's, it's it unfortunate. Really is. Um, Adam Lee alert, Kane looking to have a breakout year. Now, Ryan, is it possible to have a breakout year 10 years after your rookie year in which you captured the WWF championship by defeating Stone Steve Austin? I mean, haven't you already broken out? Unless if ECW is going to boom, then I think he's on the back nine of his career. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I hey, you never know. Mike Adam Lee doing Mike Adam Lee things. I thought he was going to start talking about the youngster Carlos Colon. <laughs> or not, or, or Samba Simba. God, wait, who's Carlos Colon? Carlos Colon's Carlito's dad. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, I feel terrible. I, it's Samba Simba is the youngster. Ugh. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm all over the place. Gorilla has, uh, Gorilla's death hit me hard in 99. I haven't gotten over it yet. How about when he returned from break and he's like, you're looking at a tag team match in the middle of this match? Yeah, he also calls Miz and Morrison Eminem. And I was yes. like, Either he thinks he's clever or he has – or he thinks he's watching Eminem. And it's, it's not M-N-M. It's M, like, plus N-M, like M-N-M. <laughs> you know what I mean? No because there's no way that he knows who Nit- Nitro, Mercury, and Molina are from 2005. There's 0.5% chance ever he does that. So if – which which letter are you a bigger fan of, M, N, or M? Because I'm an M fan. 
for Mercury? No. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm an M fan too. But I do like that tag team. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're good stuff. Um, I don't know. The, it was weird. Like, the Heat segment was heel in peril, or was I crazy? Uh, yeah, it was, like, kind of wonky. Undertaker was like, I'm really going to sell for these jabronis, but uh, he made it work. Oh, he was not having any of this match, though. I mean, this was – he even – he walked to the ring fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so why all four, to... these guys, all four of these guys got separate entrance? That was well, I mean, it's Undertaker and Kane. That I get. Yeah. Kane's your champion. Uh, Miz and Morrison, you think, would have some sort of cool tandem entrance, but uh, – As their tag team champions for, like, six months now. I was reading a scientific report on Facebook, and I actually don't think that the Miz is able to travel at the same rate of speed that Morrison is, so his entrance would just rip the skin right off his bones. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, but I got, I mean, I thought it was for the titles, and it reminded me of that era where the uh, unified tag team champions were a thing with, like, Jericho and DX. I thought that shit was cool. I was hoping they would do that, but it wasn't a title match. No, it wasn't a title match. Probably for the better. We don't really want Undertaker and Kane walking around with those belts. No, no, you don't. But at the same time, I kind of wanted, like, the prestige. They could have done a screw job. Like, it's ECW. You need to sell it. The London crowd, it's probably the best crowd they'll ever have because they're hot because it's live wrestling in front of them. It's not a burnout SmackDown crowd. Well, it is, but it's also overseas. And I feel like overseas overseas crowds are more generous. Yeah, yes, they they definitely uh I mentioned this in on the raw side of things that they definitely focus on in-ring action when they're overseas, which is smart, you know. For, for sure. Uh and that's why probably why we got the Colin Delaney Mike Knox match. I did not like this. Uh Mike Knox is still using Sister Abigail's kiss. I thought that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, actually I think Colin did a pretty good job, you know, squat getting his ass kicked for 30 minutes. I mean, yeah, 30 minutes. Can you imagine that going on for 30 minutes for 30 seconds? And, uh, you know, he bumps well. I can see kind of why he hung around for, a few, you know, for a few months or whatever. Yeah, he yeah, he kind of – he looks very rubbery. He's got a very Jim Carrey thing going when he takes bumps. You know, like Jim Carrey's body's like, made of rubber, hypothetically. Oh, is that like a movie thing again, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Have, have I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know who Jim Carrey is. Okay, okay. I mean, that's fine. You Jim Carrey from Detective. Come on, man. Um, no, Jim Carrey from Eternal Sunshine of the Sun. Eternal. <laughs> I can't even do it. Yes, I know him from Ace Ventura, too. The movie that was released in 2004? Yeah, but I do like Eternal Sunshine of the – but I can't remember the last part of it. The Sunspot Mind, Sunswept Mind. I don't know. No one's paying me to do, to remember these movie titles. They're paying me to talk about E-C-Dub. E-C-Dub. But overall, I thought it was a – a fair enough squash match, and it was the perfect amount of time. Delaney, I will say this to be Delaney's serious fun. about it. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I like Estrada. And to be serious from a wrestling standpoint, this is the third week in a row that Estrada's messed with Delaney and Dreamer. So at least they're you know it's not like a plot that disappeared. This is a normal thing for us. So it may have been out of left field, out of left field, but this is perfectly normal for ECW. So I commend them for keeping the story going, even though it's not my favorite story. Did Colin Delaney? ever win a championship like Amandro Estrada um, said he would. Um, He promoted him as a future world champion. He does. I don't know that. See, (laughs) I get, I get Delaney and that chin guy mixed up. Ellsworth. Oh, geez. Um, Yeah. Uh, They're the the kind of same person. That's the whole tweet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I compared him. He's, I mean, it's the same story. Barry Horowitz, Zach Gowen, 
like jobber wrestlers that get a couple of months in the spotlight if you in quotation marks and uh then they just do nothing with them i mean they're not gonna main event it's not gil this is he's no gilbert all right it's it's a good run it's fine for sure um what else what else caught your eye well uh the the eight-man tag is fine there's nothing offensive in it you know it's a little boring at the start but it's good, you know. They built up to the Kofi's shine at the end, and it was it was a solid two two and a quarter star match, you know. Nothing wrong, nothing good, kind of dull, good time filler, you know. Yeah, but I gotta be honest with you, I kind of disagree. I found a lot of offensive things in this match. <laughs> like For what? The, well, you got. I, I did, first of all, I have we haven't seen Jimmy Wang Yang or Shannon Moore yet. Now I have a predisposition to liking Jimmy Wayne Yang, he, this is going to sound like uh, some, my my sister's brother's cousin's nephew's boyfriend's girlfriend saw Ferris pass out of 31 Flavors. Have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, kinda. Okay, so my cousin's husband was trained by Jimmy Wayne Yang, and he has spoken highly of him to me at numerous family functions. So he sounds like a nice guy. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool little story. I, I like him too. You know, I like yeah. him better as Jimmy Wayne Yang than he, whoever he was in 2004. Acorn or Akina? Akon? Akino? I don't know. I, pre- I prefer him as an Elvis, but why do him and Shannon Moore have matching cowboy hats? Because it was the first time we've seen him. I don't know if they're a thing. They were like a, a thing in – I know that they were a thing in January 2008 because they, uh, they had a decent little match with Miz and Morrison for the belts. I do remember that, which is out of left field, but, hey, that's what I'm here for. So they've been, a, they've been a thing for at least four or five months at this time. And I, and I do have more praise for Yang. Did, so at one, early, the first time he comes in, he hits a drop kick and does a float over into a pin. If this was the 80s, that would have been somebody's finisher, I got to think. That was awesome. Dude, Jimmy Wang Yang is a good wrestler. He's crisp. Yeah. He flies around. He's, he's good. He's, and he's charismatic, as you see with his character. Did you catch um, before the belly ring, Domino yelled Domino? I I he does this every week. He yells, Domino! I don't know. I kinda, why. The gimmick is stupid, but I kind of like Deuce and Domino. Well, then Deuce eventually gets tagged in, and he goes, Deuce! <laughs> my well, notes, they don't have my much to is, work with. They're trying to make it work, and they do make it work. Well, and then later on when Deuce was in the ring, too, Domino goes, Deuce, that Domino! They just yell their names. Like, that's their thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. But, um... It's funny how Jimmy Wayne Yangs gets rehired. You ever hear this? How uh, Vince is like, hey, let's do something with Jimmy Yang, Yang or whatever his name is, when he was backstage visiting. He's like, oh, we, fu- we let him go a few years ago. He's like, hire him back. And then he was back. And they put him on TV like the next week. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Does that surprise you at all? I, I, I could see him now. Hunter, what's this? Who's this Shang-Chi? Is that... Jimmy Wang Yang, I mean <laughs> Triple H being like Vince. I don't know, man. That's I think that's I think you're generalizing Vince. I don't know. It's kind of offensive. He's like, whatever. I want Shang Chi. <laughs> he you was pretty Shang-Chi. much like that guy's a good hit. Let's do something with him. And he's like, ah, we let him go like 18 months ago. He's like hire him back, <laughs> and he's on TV the next week. It's a pretty cool I story. Hope, man, Vince McMahon is looking bad these days. This uh, is yeah. this, again. This is recorded after the egg storyline from Survivor Series. He's struggling, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I think. I, I think he's. 
maybe not able to keep his focus. I'm not a doctor. He was struggling last year with the Undertaker promo at that yeah. at the Survivor Series. I was like, Jesus Christ, Vince. So who knows what's really going on there? Now look, I, I you know I go see Avengers Endgame or you know I'm crying at some point. You're probably not a movie cry guy. Are you gonna cry on the day that we lose Vince? I don't know. I'm not a big crier, but maybe. I could see it happening over here. I just, you know, if not, I mean, I'm not saying the person is a perfect human being, but at the same time, responsible for so much of what we've dedicated portions of our lives to. It's kind of. Yeah, it's just unfortunate some of his behavior and some of his whatever uh, tarnishes his legacy, you know? I know, I know. But hey, Mike Adamley calls a dropkick a leg kick, and it reminds me of uh, Heroes of Wrestling. You ever watch Heroes of Wrestling? Oh, I don't know if I have. Yeah, if you haven't seen Inception and you haven't seen Heroes of Wrestling, all right. Oh, oh, that's the bad, bad pay-per-view with Jimmy Avil Nyhart and Jimmy Snooker. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Yes, and the commentator is like, leg kick, and the the guy that manages the Blue Brothers is like, what, what are you talking about? It's a drop kick. It's Tony drop kick. Too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at my beard. It's They're my goatee. I'm clearly a general of the Southern Militia, and I'm telling you that this is a drop kick. <laughs> Don't tell me it's not a dropkick. I manage the Harris Twins. That's my Dutchman. Yeah, yeah. His his real name's Dutch Mantel. Dutch well, Mantel, yeah. He reminds me of uh, the dude from Heels on Stars. I haven't um, watched that, but I will watch that. Jesus Christ. It's know, even wrestling. It's I, even. I, know, I don't have time for shit, man. I just stopped coaching football. All right, what about – did you know Chavo unlocked the inner demon and came again? Do you really think Chavo yeah. could unlock the inner demon of Kane? Well, I was happy to see Chavo, uh, Chavo's face plant made the recap video. Kane, again, yeah, he says, like, Chavo's unlocked the demon in me. Uh, he gives another creator-wrestler promo. We talked about this in week one. He's, it sounds like Stephanie McMahon is delivering his interviews. It's oh, just, yeah, that's a good point, actually. You did say yeah, that. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, because that's not how... The Kane character, if the Kane character was a thing, especially if he's in because he's in an evil mode right now, he should just be murdering him. He shouldn't even talk. He should take the microphone and make the person eat it and then just go find Chavo. Yeah, fucking Chavo sucks too. Fuck him. I know. And I, I really, you know, I, I'm going to take this open forum to shit on Chavo Guerrero for making fun of Seth Rollins. Yeah, that was attacked lame. by a fan. Fuck Chavo Guerrero. Logan's usually the one that says that, but in his absence, I'm going to give him an extra one. Fuck you, Chavo. All right, I'm filling in for Logan. Fuck you, Chavo. There we go. Boom. Exactly. So I think we're all kind of dancing around, and I want to finish this, that we did get a boom, boom, boom from Taz. Um, and yes. when uh, and when Mike <laughs> when Mike Adamley counted the three when Kofi was covering whomever, he goes, unos, dos, adios. And um, <laughs> That's a good line. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say I'm gonna start working that into my repertoire. You got enough shit to fit in. No, no, no more repertoire. <laughs> no, my repertoire is like my real life. Like if I'm like, hey, can I get a cheeseburger? They'll be like, pull around. I'll be like, uno, dos, adios. <laughs> yeah, do that next time. Let me know how it goes. The main event of the evening that we're waiting to talk about is clearly the diva dance off. Okay. <laughs> can you explain to the listeners at home who may not be familiar with this type of match? And, and again, we're using Diva because they did. What is a Diva dance-off? It is a fantastic se- segment of five beautiful, attractive young ladies dancing talented, their asses talented, off. Say, it's, say a, like, it's a talent show, but not really a talent show. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it be, well, mainly because there's not a lot of talent here. <laughs> oh! When the segment comes on, uh, Adam Lee goes, let's go up to the Taz. <laughs> and then Taz, gonna, Taz busts a pretty solid move. Um, each of these girls gets their own entrance. It's Layla L. versus Maurice Miz Dannon. Maurice Miz versus Eve Torres versus Kelly Kelly versus Lena Yada. Who is Lena Yada, and why have I never heard of her? I think she repackages herself as – well, she doesn't repackage herself, but I think she gets repackaged as Savannah, the ECW, like, commentator in the year or so after this. But um, I don't – I didn't remember her either, really, she, until I watched this. Her presentation kind of reminded me of Leia Meow from WCW, who I think was an ECW valet. Oh, um, she – uh. My, what is it, Anaconda McGuara dancing on, I butchered that name, but t- dancing she, at the top of the ECW arena? Are you talking about her? This, she had a very James Bond girl type of name, whatever it was. Like, yeah. yes, like, come on, Ivana Leia or Ivana yeah. Hump a lot or something like that. <laughs> Which I don't, I'm not, I'm not condoning that, folks. I'm just, just, just recounting history. But, uh, I did rank these performances if you must know. I, so i did too i also spent 10 minutes on google trying to find the audio to the song they danced to because they all danced to the same song and i couldn't find it it wasn't um, that good of a song either huh no it was awful so each each competitor gets about 45 i'd say seconds to compete except for maurice who clearly just gives up after the but we'll, you know we'll go through each one of them so layla's first i and i rank this on a gymnastics Olympic scale of zero to 10, even though I don't know if they go all the way to 10. Um, and you can do point tenths of, you can do tenths of a point. I gave her 7.7 because I felt she relied a little too much on the, I'm going to grab my own leg and put it behind my head. Thoughts? Thoughts. Oh, well, I, I think I may have seen Lita this, uh, uh, Layla this weekend in New York City, but uh, I'm, really? I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. We won't go there. But um, I actually had her first on my scale of, I think she was the best performer in this dance off. I can't. Oh, she she was, and she it's so weird. And, and they she performs first. No, don't get me wrong. Seven point seven is my highest. Uh, you know, she gets the highest score out of all of them. Um, she's a real dancer though, right? Like she's very talented. Yeah, like, she works I, the heat or the magic or both maybe. You know. Okay, this segment is garbage and complete waste of time. But Layla's very talented, and I, I've always I don't know. I know she does the lay cool stuff. I was actually they were just talking about that on the wrestling above replacement. And I, I like Lay Cool. I think she's a great – she's got a great look, which I'm not trying to be whatever. But she has a great sound, too. She's got that accent. Yeah, she gets, like, that British tone to her. She's cool. Yeah, she's, she's she has a little spunk and charisma to her, too, which she gets later in her little run. Early on, she's a little rough, but she gets by with it, you know? Yeah. I, she's one of those people that I hope made decent money in the wrestling business and got out and, you know, did something else. Her best um, roles when she was uh, Regal's valet, before, besides Lay Cool. Wow, that sounds fantastic. I'm not familiar with that. That sounds really cool, though. I'm not sure the time frame. I want to say actually soon, I believe, in this project. Awesome. So, oh, yeah, the King of the Rings next week, according to the board. And it is. Yes, I'm pretty sure Regal gets her as like a valet. Um, so you wears revealed... super tight jeans and a tank top. So roll tide. <laughs> roll tide all night. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we get started talking about who was next on this dance-off, everybody's got a mortgage. You got a mortgage? Yes, I, 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 I did good. I don't want to fucking hear the ad. <laughs> I know, I know. Hold on. I um, We're going to have to edit this out. i got to take my blue chew. All right. 
<laughs> so Marie, Marie says next. I gave her a 4.2, and uh, that's only because she reminded me of the one drunk single girl at a wedding. That was her dance. Yeah, I, she is fifth for me, which is last, and um, she had no rhythm. She went to the apron and got her hair flip in, so she did a bunch of nothing and got to get her shit in last place. She she got third on my scale. I got a 4.2. I don't know if I said that, and if I did and I'm beating myself, I apologize. Yeah, she was – so Maurice, what I kind of alluded to earlier was that she she does like she flips her hair for like ten seconds and then she just gives up on camera, right? She does not want to do this. She shakes no, her no. last a little bit and then she like goes to the apron and does her hair flip. The only thing she's good at. And In I don't this blame place. her. This is shit's embarrassing. But yes. uh, next is <laughs> it looks like on my notes it says next is Eve six because I gave her a six point five. Do you remember Eve six? I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the pride. Yes, I know them. Okay, cool. Well, okay, so you, I bet you've been to an Eve Six concert, but you haven't watched fucking The Dark Knight. Uh, she, her routine was risky. No, I've only got like two concerts in my life, but we'll say that for later. Okay, her routine was risky, so I gave her a six point five, but it was way too gymnastics oriented for dancing. What do you think? I wrote all right. I had her second actually. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think she had the best flip. She had the best flip. She was a spot monkey. She was the best spot monkey, which you know accounts for something. It's that hoist Gracie jujitsu shit that she knows, right? Or does she not know it yet? I don't think she knows it yet, but her hips looked fantastic doing it. I don't know. <laughs> um, next was Lita Yada. Uh, she's my next to last place. I gave her a 3.3 specifically because she does the pop, drop, and lock it back spasm bridge move three times in a row. Yeah, that's all That's all she had. But Taz, uh, I like how Taz was like, nice bridge work here. Yeah, he's like, oh, whoa, cool. But I had her right in the middle. She's third. Okay, okay. And then um, Kelly Kelly was the final performer, and right, I gave her a 2.1. She does one gymnastics move at the end, and it wasn't even a part of her dance. She's awful. No, she's last for here. Uh, I mean, she's fourth for me, second to last. She's a little better than Maurice, I guess. The gymnast. I like the gymnastic flip and then, like, leaning back into the ropes. I guess that was why she wasn't last and she was second to last. I don't know. This well, is, Ryan, what, are we, what are we doing here? We, well, we've <laughs> give, well, here's the thing. We've given our rankings, and I've talked to you on the air and off the air, and I think you're kind of like me. You, you kind of believe in democracy. Yes. They let, they let the crowd vote, and I'm thinking it's time to switch because the crowd <laughs> declares that Kelly Kelly is the winner. It's just proving that the system doesn't work. <laughs> it's, All right. I wrote bullshit with the crowd crowd bullshit they must have sweetened it yeah absolutely i did a little research if you want to file a complaint you should go to royalacademyofdance.org that is the united kingdom's governing board of uh dancing basically if you want to be a licensed dancer or a tiny dancer um you know you should that's that's where you go to get your training so I, i'm launching a formal inquiry we're going to stop the kelly kelly steal and uh We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch on what happens. Are you a board member of this website? I am not. I did. It is a real website, though, and I did just give out their web address, so uh, be nice. <laughs> but do file a complaint because uh, this is this is nonsense. I, I don't understand. And, you know, Layla's a hometown girl, right? Yeah, but she was, she had a scowl on her face to start with. She, she wasn't going to win. <sighs> But, uh, you know, that, that was probably the most fun I had watching this episode. Um, it, you know, that's – and that's ECW. You, you, you absolutely never know what you're going to get. You're going to get zombies, diva dance-offs, brothers of alleged destruction. You know, it is what it is. We get strip poker that we missed. 
that was that was another infamous segment they had. <laughs> That's extreme expose, right? Yes, Kelly with Kelly. Balls Mahoney in the uh, green hat. Yeah. Balls Mahoney in the green hat, also uh, available next December in children's bookstores everywhere. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that sounds like a children's novel series if I've ever heard it. You know, Balls Mahoney in the green hat. You know, and then the next Christmas, it's Balls Mahoney in the Temple of Balls. Hmm? <laughs> It might work. I mean, it, it could happen. Okay. That, that, and you know, and this is how we'll, we'll finish this off. It, you know, we should talk about British culture. That British kid did it. Why can't Balls Mahoney do it? Pip, pip, tally ho. We are live <laughs> in jolly old England. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this SmackDown because uh, we're getting back on track from last week's episode, which was uh, really just not good. Uh, <laughs> we struggled getting through it. Uh, not too much. It just really felt like a disjointed SmackDown that didn't fit in uh, with the previous week's storytelling. And I feel like we're getting back on track with this week's SmackDown. Uh, so I'm excited to cover that with you. Of course. Like it, I, I'm I'm I was absolutely welcoming the return to form that I know that this episode could have been, should have been, and was. This is the blue brand that we love, and uh, I'm gonna start with something that I loved, uh, and that was a hot SmackDown six, uh, and I don't mean SmackDown six as uh as far as the uh, wrestling group goes that we know and love. I'm talking about. About a six-minute match between Montel Vontavious Porter and the heart and soul of ECW, Tom Dreamer. They went out there and they had a nice little match with Matt Hardy on commentary, uh, continuing the storyline progression, uh, the collision course uh, that we were set for MVP and Matt Hardy to meet on. Um, really solid storytelling and a solid match showcasing, um, I wouldn't call it a competitive squash necessarily it was kind of back and forth, but a good showcase match for MVP showing that uh, he is a clear uh, step above the rest of the competition uh, on SmackDown and ECW. And especially now, I, if I'm recalling correctly, cause I've, I've just watched a bunch of wrestling as of late MVP is still the United States champion correct. here. Correct. So yep. he's still standing tall as the United States champion trying to prove it to himself and to Matt Hardy that he's still, you know, the most big time player in SmackDown with the United States championship, uh, continually trying to prove Matt Hardy. He's better than Matt Hardy in any which way. And, you know, SmackDown is, is well known for these six minute specials as you, as you lean, like to uh, lean into. Yeah, just just a really strong match, solid storytelling, um, and I've got all the time in the world for MVP during this run because we're seeing him kind of at the height of his powers um, until uh, recent day uh, where he uh, rejoins the company in more of a managerial role. Uh, but something else, uh, as far as we're talking about storytelling on SmackDown, uh, we've been seeing the story between the big show and the great Kali, the super, Ugh. super titans. Uh, it must continue. I wish... They didn't try so hard to make this like week to week progression. This is like 
such a big attraction. You're going to see the two monster trucks go head to head. You're going to see, uh, you know, the elephant and the giraffe, you know, fight the circus, which that doesn't sound very pleasant at all. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you're seeing a spectacle and I think that's good enough. You don't need to try to get uh, personal with it and try, try to like out pro wrestling it. Like just book the attraction and let the attraction draw itself. Yeah. Um, it's King. It's as if King Kong and Godzilla had a weekly 30 minute sitcom. <laughs> yeah, you don't need it. No, it's very unnecessary. We just want to see these guys rip each other's head off. So let them like interrupt in other people's matches and then get to the pay-per-view. And that's literally all we have to do for this. There's no in between. Yeah, um like Big Show and Mark Henry are going to start having a match and after about three and a half minutes, uh Great Kali is going to come down lumber down uh make a lumber run in um and get involved and it's just i don't know it's just it's not what we need um you know like they they could stand at the ramp and you know kind of okay uh you know Kali's going to be at the pay-per-view against the big show and and watch from there or whatever but um having Kali try to like run down and run in it just i don't know it didn't work for me um and this whole feud's really not clicking but i do appreciate the effort that they're putting into this program I just wish that uh, they would treat it as the attraction as it it should be treated. Right. Now, there's something that I like from this show as well, and that's the continuation of the Batista and Shawn Michaels storyline Yeah. with the, uh, the highlight reel that we saw with Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho, of course, trying to slide his way and, and stick his nose into this this feud as best he can. And, uh, you know, he gets his what for from Batista uh, trying to uh, firmly let him know where his place is, which is not in his way of right. Shawn Michaels. Not in, not in his business. We know Chris Jericho is the original uh, pot stirrer between Batista and Shawn Michaels. Um, and Chris Jericho really kind of points out like, hey, Shawn Michaels, like you're you're a phony. You have a history of being a phony and a faker and being uh, in ingenuous with your actions and your words. Uh, but Batista, just like you said, uh, tells him, Hey, get out of my business. I don't need you helping me out. Uh, and Jericho had interjected himself as the special guest referee for the upcoming match at backlash between, uh, Batista, uh, and Shawn Michaels. But that also draws me directly into the other major development, uh, on this episode of SmackDown. And that is continuing kind of the sneaky ace run from The Undertaker. This is three weeks in a row now where we have seen The Undertaker take on a different challenger uh, to his, I guess, seat at the top of SmackDown. Uh, while this is not a title match, uh, it was a huge, I guess, uh, rematch or rekindling of their rivalry as Batista and The Undertaker are going to main event. Um, we saw The Undertaker two weeks ago. With Kane, we saw The Undertaker last week with Festus, and now we're seeing The Undertaker with Batista. Uh, and they go out there for about 10 minutes, and this is kind of like the baseline for them. Like, it's pretty good. Um, I always like Batista and The Undertaker. I, I like most of their matches. Now, the quantity, they might have a few too many, but as far as, like, this just being a TV match, this was really good, and it, it felt really big as well, as it should. And while this is also advancing uh, Batista going towards the pay-per-view and getting ready for Shawn Michaels, uh, 
This is also about the Undertaker and Edge, and Edge trying to weasel his way back into uh, a rematch with the Undertaker and getting his hands back on the World Heavyweight Championship. So we have Edge and the Edgeheads, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, sitting at ringside. They've done the uh, purchase ticket gimmick, uh, and they're just sitting at ringside. Eventually, this match is going to end in a double countout, and Batista and, Und- and Batista and Undertaker are going to brawl over towards where the Edgeheads and Edge are sitting, and they're going to bring them over the rail. Um, they're going to bust some heads. Edge is going to get in the ring. The Edgeheads are going to come to his rescue. Uh, the Edgeheads get beat up. Edge is able to eventually uh, escape disaster after Chavo and Bam Neely run back in, uh, and they get double teamed by Batista and the Undertaker. Edge goes to the top of the ramp. It looks like we're about to close things out. But Vicky Guerrero gets wheeled out uh, by Teddy Long. Holla, holla, holla. And she does not make a tag match for next week. Uh, she does make a match for next week that is between The Undertaker and Batista. And it is for the World Heavyweight Championship. And the winner of that match will go on to face Edge uh, at the Backlash. So potential for Batista to work double duty at Backlash. Uh, but it would be worth it if uh, one of those matches is a title match uh, where he would be defending. Um, and we also see The Undertaker continuing uh, to raise his game every SmackDown. And to prove that he is the top dog on SmackDown right now and that he is indeed the ace of this uh, this run on SmackDown. Yeah, this run for The Undertaker, at least from what I recall and, and what I'm looking forward into seeing is something very special from The Undertaker. Um, him, him during this run, is it on another level? Yeah, he's got his working boots on every week. Um, like, I remember him being like pretty good during this run, but I guess now just seeing it like three weeks in a row, um, you know, for a guy that is so deep into his career. Um, and as we know, like, you know, he's maybe three quarters of the way done at this point. <laughs> like he's still right. Got he's settling in. in him. Yeah. He's yeah. settling in. Um, I mean, he's doing a lot of hard work just for TV. Um, and usually the undertaker is one of those characters. That's more of a TV attraction. He doesn't have to be there every single week, but uh, since winning the title at WrestleMania 24, I mean, he, he's been putting in time and putting in effort uh, in these SmackDown main event matches. Without question. Um, so, yeah, that's all the major story beats for this episode of SmackDown. Um, pretty quick and to the point. Uh, we did have some minor story beats with uh, the continuation of Victoria and Natalia. Uh, being involved with Cherry and uh, other name escapes me, uh, Michelle McCool. Mm-hmm. Um, that did continue, but that's really a, like a you know a E or F storyline on SmackDown as far right. as the priorities go. It's it's way down the list, but uh, this was Cherry's debut match, and we are kind of loosely keeping track of like debuts here. So while Cherry has been around, this was her first in ring match, and she was able to pick up uh, the victory over Victoria, but. Yeah, and also, I mean, we're we're talking, we're keeping track of debuts and, and things like that. It's not to be left off, but Kozlov is still slowly starting to to build steam. Another right. strong matchup here uh, in London um, for this event. So Kozlov is starting the he he's in the midst of in the meat of uh, that steamrolly type of run that he starts to get on during this time frame. Yeah. I'm interested to see, I guess to, to track this as well, because I know he gets into the title match at the end of the year at survivor series, 
but I don't remember much of the bill to him like being a contender. So I don't know if he gets injured at some point or if they, uh, I guess, cool off of the enhancement matches or what. But we're three weeks in on Kozlov enhancement matches. I would say we're three for three. He really showed off his technical ability with like the judo throws uh, and some of like the not match ending submissions, but uh, just being able to target a body part and inflict punishment that way. Um, but also end the match with a wrestling move. He's starting to use the uh, scorpion death drop, which they haven't named anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like, oh, that that maneuver. Um, so we'll kind of keep track of that as well, because he does have the entrance with uh, the lights being out in the spotlight. And it kind of feels very Drago esque. But uh, they don't I don't think they have the in ring product um, particularly finished yet. Like, right. Still so, very raw, still very yeah, still very refining. Raw. So we'll we'll track that because we do know he's going to be a main event player uh, later on in the year, but we'll follow that journey. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, the blue brand has rebounded from last week's uh, aberration <laughs> of an episode. Uh, we're back on track. I'm um, looking forward to seeing Batista versus The Undertaker one on one for the World Heavyweight Title and. Uh, See what happens from there. Of course. Now, as always, we like to put stuff in our time capsule, if you will. Uh, what do you have going in the time capsule from this? Uh, I would say the duality of Dave Batista being able to move forward his program with Shawn Michaels uh, by using Chris Jericho coming over from Raw to host a special edition of the Highlight Reel. Thought that was done very well, but also... That's not his only focus. Dave Batista is focused on uh, becoming the top of the food chain on SmackDown, and that means getting the World Heavyweight title, and that means beating The Undertaker, and that is what he's focused on, uh, not just avenging uh, the loss of Ric Flair at the hands of Shawn Michaels. So uh, I thought that was actually really impressive, and I would love to put that in the time capsule to keep and to save. For sure. I can't I can't disagree with that at all. Um it does seem like it's a very short episode for us, but we've, we've kind of nailed everything all together. Is there anything you think we're missing that needs maybe a, an extra coat of paint? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. This, this episode of SmackDown again was uh, very focused as opposed to last week's. And I just felt like we got back on track. I don't know what last week was. Um, it had a lot of sports entertainment this was more in the ring oriented um, and just did a really good job of advancing the stories as we head towards backlash. Perfect. That encapsulates another fantastic episode of Cronoso here for the PG era on the North South connection, North South connection dot podbean.com is your home for this podcast and, and every other podcast that you can find on the network I mean, just coming up the remainder of this week, we've got a new episode of Now Entering the Rumble with JT and Aaron. We've got an episode of 9021 No So. We've got From Squared Circle to Silver Screen with Logan, who uh, helps us cover our ECW topics. And we've got a little episode of uh, WWE Wrestling Above Replacement, WWE War, with uh, JT and uh, some other guy, I don't know who's... Do- oh, that's you! Some bum. Oh, wait, that's me. Some bum. bum. If you guys aren't giving that show a listen, definitely give it a try. They're they're giving a, a fresh take on the pay-per-view review type categories. 
um, putting a little sports feel on it. But there's so many things in the works coming around um, for us here on the North South Connection. And we're excited to have you all here every step of the way. But that is all for us. Thank you guys so much. A big thank you to our Raw team, our ECW team. Marcus, thank you so much. And we will be back here next time for another episode of WWE PG Cronoso.